You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, World Wide Web? This is Alex. And this is Frank. And this is Brian. And we are filmmakers. And we're drinking bourbon. Yeah, we are. Oh, God, let me reach over here. Frank, cheers. Cheers. Brian, welcome. Thank you. Brian. I love you said, and this is Brian, and nobody knows he is Brian. I think you've called me Brian exactly <laughs> once, and it was during my wedding. Yes. And now I think I keep doing it, and you love it. That's fine. Because you are Brian. Yes. What is your real name? Brian. Oh, I thought it was Whitey. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's how everybody knows you. Yeah, it's it's funny because guys that I've worked with for like five, six years, they find out that my real name is Brian, and they're just like, oh, I never knew that. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, everybody calls you Whitey. Whitey, you are my gaffer. Yes, sir. Right? Well, usually, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, Welcome back. Yeah. Okay. When, when was the last time you were on? We actually were talking about it for... Uh, before we started, and I think it was episode 68. Holy so. bejesus. Yeah. What, what, is a, what is a gaffer? Wow. The bell bit. Yeah. It's almost half of the show length ago. Yep. Wow. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, welcome. Oh, thank you. Frank, how's it going? Good. Good. Things good? Yeah. I'm slightly borderline on possibly being sick. Oh, but no. But I don't know if it's sick or just really tired. Got it. Get you some of that Tamiflu. Then you can have uh, those psychopathic like visions and like walk around like a zombie. Have you heard about that? Mm-mm. People taking Tamiflu to like kill the flu virus and then they end up like going temporarily insane. Don't let my wife know about this. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. That's it's nuts. nuts. Like they're horror stories. Like teenagers like walking off bridges and that's yeah. Okay. I'm dead serious. It's I, I believe that it has happened. I believe. Okay. Yeah. You want to know I, how the zombie apocalypse starts? This is how? Tamiflu. It's always, <laughs> it's always some scientist warning us of something. Yeah. I felt better the last, like, two hours, and I'm hoping this bourbon will kill the rest of it. There you go. Oh, 100%. Scientific fact. Bourbon kills flu. <laughs> so, Evan Williams, it's uh, kind of on you. Yeah. This is not scientific advice. Please do not take whiskey if you have the flu. <laughs> All right. Um... So, yeah, we brought Brian in to discuss a recent project. Really? Right? What'd you do? I think we've talked about it before, haven't we? We have. Have I, have I mentioned the brand and all that stuff? To me. To you. To okay, me. so not publicly, because it hasn't been out. No. Nope. I haven't anything to talk about. So, as of this podcast releasing... And you're right. This isn't 114. Who knows what episode this is? You're right. Yeah. Because yeah. we're, we're recording this in advance. Yep. Because we know things that you guys don't know, and this is like insider secret knowledge. But by the time you hear it, it's not. It's declassified. Yeah. Right now we're filmmaker see- uh, seers. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the fold, but not really because now it's public knowledge. So anyway, um, it has not been released yet, but as of this podcast being released to you guys, a spot that Brian and I worked on will be out, and it was for John Frieda. Hair care products for a brand, uh, Frizzies. Yeah, so I still don't know what the product does. I don't know if it maintains frizz. I don't know if it gets rid of frizz. Yeah, I've it, never been able to figure all that out. It eases the frizz, obviously, mm. which is great. It's like every time we do beauty work, I'm always like, I'm very curious as to what the product actually does because I don't know any of that. No. I haven't I, put any product in my hair since I was a teenager, so. Yeah, I put coconut oil in my hair sometimes. You're fancy. 
I'm fancy schmancy, all organic. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we worked on this product. It was a big studio build. Uh, we did it at Midwest Studios, uh, Midwest Grip and Lighting in here mm-hmm. in Cincinnati um, because they have the, one of the larger studio spaces available. Mm. And they have a grid and you know necessary power and stuff. But um, it was directed by Brandon Ferris. Okay. Uh, I've heard of him. Who's no longer with us. <laughs> uh, on the show, I mean. He's still alive, guys. Uh, but we built five bathrooms back to back to back or side to side to side um, in a row. Okay. And we lit it all at once. And we had a model in each bathroom. And they did a physical handoff of a product from bathroom to bathroom. So there's like a hole in the wall. Basically, yeah. The, the fourth wall, the wall facing camera is gone but there are three other walls and it looks like a real bathroom Mm -hmm. with tile and glass and everything and a sink and yeah they pass through through their wall the side wall yeah to the next bathroom yeah so it was one big tracking shot it was like 40 feet of track it was it was something like that i mean the rooms were pretty big but the the bathrooms varied in size so i couldn't i don't remember exactly what the measurement was but it was it was up there it was like 40 to 60 somewhere in that range yeah i want to say it was 40 chapman dolly or something that was a Fisher. Fisher. Uh, yeah, Fisher 10. Yeah, the bigger yeah we were one. on the 10, yeah. Yeah, because we had a, uh, I, to get nerdy, uh, we were shooting on the Alexa <laughs> Mini at 3.2K, I think 3.2K, or 2.8K, maybe it was 2.8K, uh, Ultra HD, so the like 4K up res, um, on the Ingenue Optimo 24 to 290. Okay. So the, the big, the 12x zoom. Um. And yeah, we did one big long tracking shot starting at room one and ending at room five, showing the handoff, the usage of the product, culminating in the last the last model, who was the first model. She had to like run around the back of the track to get to the final room, putting the product in her purse and walking outside to a fake daylight that mm-hmm. we created. So yeah. Was the outside also filmed in Midwest? The outside. We never actually get what left the room, but she opens the door and we let just, the sunlight come gotcha. blasting yeah, yeah, yeah. in. Okay. So it's like a fake. So we actually closed that with her closing the door behind her. Yeah. But it was a it was a lot to do. I mean, lighting five basically five sets at one time, uh, so that we could shoot it all in sequence. Did you light each set specific to that set, or kind of the same look throughout? It's pretty much the same look. Right? It was pretty much the same look, but because the rooms were slightly different sizes, like we picked out fixtures based on what we wanted to, one room to look like, and then we duplicated that five times. Mm-hmm. But then we added some stuff. We shaped a bit more in different places. Uh, For because, example, one room had a, a window in the back? Right. One room had a window in the back, so we added an extra two lights, actually, mm-hmm. ultimately, out the window to have some of the sunlight coming in like it was low morning sun. Mm-hmm. And then, It was ended up being like Jolico's. No, uh, no, there really goes. We went to we went talk about everything. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So out the window, did you just blow the window out or put like uh, tracing well, paper? Or we a... we experimented with different options. Yeah. Well, I think what we ultimately ended up with was just letting it see past it because what was past it was the white psych exactly. in Midwest. So I think we might have actually. At one point, we had like a four by eight foam core, white foam core that mm-hmm. light was bouncing into to show pure white, but okay. it was just too hot and we wanted. Uh, hard light on the door and the curtain. Right. It's hard to explain without like drawing a diagram <laughs> for the viewer. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll, I'll do. I a... believe it's room number four if you see the spot. Yeah. Because it was right before we go to the exactly the last one. So so if you're looking straight <clears throat> into the back of the bathroom, there's a window, and 45 degrees off to the sides of those windows, there's 
two units off to either side, one shooting into the uh, bathroom door, the like closet door, one shooting into the curtains so that we get this hard light, but it looks kind of even. Mm. It doesn't look weird that there's two sources. Okay. It looks yeah. like, it, to me, it kind of reads like it's cloudy morning. So you're still getting that color of the sunlight coming in, mm-hmm. but it is coming in from two directions. Like it's not really picking a direction. Yeah. Are you gelling the light? Uh, that one, we went back and forth on gelling it. I think we ultimately landed on, we had enough in it where we dimmed it to just the yeah. slight warmth from the dimmer was enough. Okay. Yeah. But overall, like the, can you give a general sense, Whitey, of the, um, like the base look for each room? So the base look in each room, we started with just bringing up the ambience and we wanted a soft top. So we ended up hanging the space lights that are usually for big areas over top of one over centered over each room. And then we did a skirt around it to help control it down into that one room. Which, um, yeah, go go even more basic. So for people that may be asking, what the hell's a skirt? What the hell's a space enough. light? Uh, yeah, so so the these lights are just area lights. They kind of shine in all directions. It's just a big white cylinder that has 6,000 watts of light in it, six 1K bulbs, so you mm-hmm. can switch them off one at a time. Um, so they're designed to just fill big spaces like white sykes. So we hung one of those over each one just to give it a nice general ambient light. And in order to soften it even more, they have a bottom diffuser on them. We actually hung a second one underneath it as well to help just really soften it. And then there's a black skirt that goes around it to make it so the light's only coming out the bottom. Yeah. Because usually you'd put a – it looks like a big – like you're saying a cylinder. Right. Like a a white – Just it's a soft cylinder. But the black – The black helps to just keep it straight down. Yeah. But because it's a really soft light, it's not very directional. So it mm-hmm. just kind of it acts as just the ambient glow. Yeah, and then uh, from a look standpoint, that was basically for the hair, right? Right. So you want this soft top light for a model's hair because the the reflection when you're shooting at them picks that up above them, makes mm-hmm. the hair pop and shine. So and these and space the, lights are daylight balanced. These were tungsten ones. You can get them. They now make them in an LED, and you and they can go either direction. Uh, daylight or or tungsten, but yeah. the tungsten ones, and we'll come to that in a, <laughs> in a few. Uh, the tungsten ones are nice because they are plentiful. There's a ton of light coming out of them. Cheap. They're very cheap. Like we can we can use all of those, and it doesn't cost a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And because you're in Midwest Studio, they also have the power to support it and everything else already rolled into the studio costs. So you're not throwing a bunch of extra cash at distribution as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you were doing this on location, the LEDs might be the way to go just for mm-hmm. the power draw. Yeah, LED, like, it has its other issues, but nothing beats, like, just general lumens per watt of power mm-hmm. than LED. And there's varying. We did, we've worked with other ones, too, where you just get a ton of it. Yeah. But it's... They're good. Yeah. So we had a soft top light over every stall, basically right. every room. We had five of those, so mm-hmm. what? 30,000 watts of power. Uh, yes. We ended up settling on 5K in each one, so that's it's right. 25,000. Yep. And just in the ceiling, that's just to bring up the ambience in the rooms. Yeah, just for the room light. And then mm-hmm. to for the key. We went with a soft frontal key mm-hmm. centered over each subject because in addition to the rooms, like we'd built the sinks, so the camera is theoretically behind the bathroom mirror. Okay. And mm-hmm. so they're looking into the lens, and actually we rigged a – mirror over top of the lens so they could look into it yeah. so they could actually act to it performance that was a brandon special it right was a there. smart play yeah. honestly because as soon as they did it uh, they were just like oh yeah that's way easier yeah it was really weird but uh they could actually look into the mirror was it a mirror with a hole in it or a two-way mirror no uh, it, was it was a one-by-one mirror 
It was just armed over top of the camera, so it was sitting right on top of the lens. So they weren't looking directly into the lens. They were looking right above. Okay. Yeah. Which you can't tell from that distance. Right. No, not really. And then when we did, you know, there's a, it's a se- sequence of, you know, medium portraits and then tight portraits. For the tights, they are looking directly into the lens. So it cheats you. Yeah. So we hung what are uh, their Kino housings, but we had filled them with quasar tubes mm-hmm. that were set to 3200. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, thirty two hundred Kelvin. Thirty two hundred Kelvin. Kelvin sorry. Yeah. So um, everything's everything's tungsten balanced. Right. So then, we're, because when you're doing beauty, they don't want to blow color too much or do too much on color temperature. Because yeah. in addition to like everything, I mean, like especially when you see some of the commercials out there, like everything is soft and white because it wants to give the air of clean and ready. Yeah. Yep. Um, so when you start throwing color temperatures into it, sometimes it can conflict with what the overall feeling that they want. Sure. So and you're also if you're if you're shooting a product, which we were in in some of this, they don't want to. The colors are very specific, and the designers work very hard to you know get those colors right. So yep. if you screw that up mm. with a weird color or whatever, it, the client will probably come back angry. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you want to you want to uh, show it realistically, basically. So we made everything. We matched everything to that color temperature, save the sunlight, mm-hmm. which was the one that we and we. Talk to them about it ahead of time. It was you like free rain to yeah. yeah, because it was also it was never on the product when it hit too. So, mm-hmm. um, but for the soft front light, the challenge there was that the soft light goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to control it. So uh, the key grip that we had built boxes mm-hmm. to help control it out of black chloroplast. It's like a plastic cardboard material, and he built them specifically to fit those units, and it brought it out an additional like two foot, and then he louvered it to help it even more. So yeah. help really just control that down to the one it's person a giant, on the one side, like egg crate. Right. It's a exactly. it's a very large egg crate. Yeah, and it took a while, but it was definitely the right move because you could do it with <clears throat> flags and stands and you know traditional, but it's very time consuming. Takes a lot of gear, a lot of manpower, and we would have been tweaking for ages <clears throat> to get it perfect from unit to unit. So this was definitely the easiest way to go. Mm-hmm. And for practical reasons, we knew ahead of time that we were going to have a day to light this before we actually shot it. Yeah. So we had a day where, okay, set, set that dressing is done. We own it. Mm-hmm. But they're here to help us. So they, like, move the sinks out so we can get a lift in to work on the lights overhead. And it was convenient that way. So while we were doing all that, they were working on building out those boxes. And we had all five of them before the end of the pre-light day. So when we, when we came in on yeah. the shoot day, we, everything was ready to be tweaked to the talent. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, at the end of the pre-light day, we were actually, we had enough time to roll a take with mm. stand-ins, with crew nice. as stand-ins to show, because Brandon wanted to have a, a a clip to show uh, the client, hey, this is what we want to do. This is what we're going for. Just mm-hmm. to, you know, wrap your mind around it before we get in there tomorrow, which is, I think, smart. It yeah. was. It was real smart because, like, even when we looked at that, when yeah. the shot that we shot on the pre-light day with the talent or with our crew in it, like it immediately clicked, and it's like you can totally see how this is going to go. It's a moving storyboard. It's it's a really easy way to explain what you're trying to accomplish yep. without yeah. eating up a bunch of production time. That's what good. were the front un- units you were using? They were four band quasar tubes, so they look like they look like Kinos, but they're LED. So in addition to, uh, they're dimmable, which was nice because kind of dimmable. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're kind of dimmable. Uh, they're supposed to be, but we had issues. We did have some issues. There are technical reasons why, but um, so basically, we could set the level without affecting the color temperature to, yeah. on each skin tone because we had some African American girls, we had a couple of Caucasian girls. Yeah. So that way, we could really finesse it in to make it nice and even. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. blonde hair, black hair, matte, shiny, it, a bu- bunch of different variables. <clears throat> and then to help carry the light around to the back as well, we had another single one of those in the back in a housing, which then we did the same process of louvering it in, but we did it without chloroplast. We did it with just ex- expendable materials like black wrap. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, black wrap and tape. We had that motivate then their backlight. So the, the actual motivated light then is a top source, yeah. like it would be a fixture in your bathroom. But it wraps around really nicely on both sides to have the subject look really nice. Yeah. So you had the four the four um, quasar science tubes in front, and you said it was diffused. Mm-hmm. What size of frame? So uh, we actually it was okay. it was just wrapped. Yeah. yeah, it was wrapped on the unit. The way he'd built the soft boxes or the the louver boxes, we actually put gel it. on the unit. Yeah. And then the box fit over top of the whole thing. Okay. So the louvers are after the diffusion, which helped to control it more as well. Okay. Yep. So you had the four units that we then wrapped in 250 diffusion. Oh, that's what this is for. And then he built a box around it with two internal baffles. So if you're looking straight on, it would look like that. Okay. If you looked at the side, it would look, there's the unit, the four bulbs, there's the diffusion over the front, and then the box out like that. So it, it extended. It, cool. it was like two feet, right? It was like four yeah, feet was... wide by two feet deep with two two-foot internal baffles, the boxes. Right. So the, like the, yeah. the light itself takes up about the first foot of the box, and the second half of the box is the louvers to yeah. help them control it. Yeah. So it, uh, initially, the quasar science tubes are soft in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. It's a nice soft light because they, they come with this plastic dome on them to diffuse. Uh, but then you push that through another layer of diffusion. It's beautiful. It, it was really nice. It blends it was... all four bulbs together. And then, yeah, you just get a beautiful light. Yeah, it was It was just a nice super soft key, which is nice when you're shooting beauty work like that because it just it helps people's skin tones or yeah. skin texture level out so they look really pretty. Yeah. And we got it low enough that it, it dug really nicely into their eyes so you get this big one single eye light. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is great. Yeah. And the additional shaping you were doing, what were you doing for that? Mostly just controlling it down to the room yeah. uh, cause, because they were big, soft sources. Like, they tend to want to go everywhere. And because we built the set so tight so we could get that one shot all the way through, we had to control it down so it didn't bleed into the other sets. So yeah. in addition to that, we had some cutters, mostly on the backlights, to help control the backlights from getting into the other spaces as well. Correct. Yeah. And then on the uh, space lights, the overheads, so they had the... 360 skirt around them to control the spill but then we also had to clip scrap duvetine mm-hmm. um tore who we had tory up there for a while clipping yeah. scrap duvetine uh which is just a, a black you know opaque cloth flame, flame retardant cloth yeah, that uh blocks light but yeah she's up there pinning it up and then adjusting it so that it we got the maximum amount of light in the the single room as possible but it didn't spill over into the next room and we would roll it up and clip it as needed then to bring it yeah. out into the edge of the room and then right when we're happy with it we'd clip it and walk away from it yeah and i would go into the second bay so if she's working on bay one i'd go into bay two and look up and say oh you know i'm seeing a little bit of light so i'm speaking over here i don't want to create multiple shadows so we need to drop that side down that's facing me right into okay right there hold mm-hmm. that now clip that make that live you know that was the nice thing too about doing it the way we did with having the pre-light day because it gave us the time to have the set and communicate because we knew that that was going to be a process so we got the track laid out and the camera on the dolly so we could move the camera around and then just sit in a bay and work on that for a little while yeah and then move on to the next one because we knew 
it was going to take, we were going to need the whole space because we'd have to have a person on a ladder and then be able totally. to move the camera back and forth. And it just takes time. But yeah. It was a full 10 hour pre light. It was. Yeah. Like, we were there all day. I mean, it took us about, about four hours to get everything in the air. Because uh, also, because we're moving, it's such a big shot, we can't have stands or anything. So everything was suspended from the ceiling. Yep. Yeah. So it took a while to get everything up there. And the, but then once it was in, we could just tweak till our heart was content. And you had everything, uh, all the fixtures run into a dimmer board. Right, which is where we ran into the technical problem with the Quasar tubes. Uh, the di- We ran into a dimmer pack, so everything was controllable from a board out front. So I'm sitting behind the AC, but I'm looking at a monitor, and I can see the big monitor, too, so we can make adjustments on it on the fly. Mm-hmm. And it was just... You yeah. were sitting on camera. I was sitting on the the board, and we would just adjust yeah. it. Yeah. So if like room one, had, you know, she was a uh, uh, kind of olive skin brunette. Okay, cool. We want a little more light. Right. You know, uh, room two, very fair complexion, very blonde hair. Okay, the backlight probably comes down a bit. the The key probably stays the same. Top light maybe. We had yeah. one that had platinum blonde hair, I think. Yeah, that was and like yeah. Two. You have to, whenever you're dealing with like platinum blonde, you always have to dial the backlight down quite a bit. Yeah, because that skip angle when you're looking at a subject and like you know the skip angle, the backlight. Um, I'm trying to figure out a way to describe this. So the light hitting them from the front will be very different. It'll be at a certain stop versus if you put a light behind them up and above, and it skips off into the lens, you get a brighter reflective light than just dead on mm-hmm. so you have to like dial it back to make it match the, f- the front light but so, black hair sucks all that up yeah. right so having it all on the board then we could just really quickly tweak it out tweak those levels especially because we didn't have the talent until the the day that we shot it yeah. so it had to be quick it had yeah. to so be, in the pre-light day you're kind of making a guess <clears throat> yes as best mm-hmm. as you can and then and we the built the rig. Day. We chose fixtures, and we built the rig to where we could adjust up and down if we needed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so you get this base level, and then you address it to talent on the day. Yeah. And then in addition to those, we had some lights that were part of the scene. Uh, Set deck ran the cables out the back, so we could hook them into our dimmer pack as many as we could. We had two that were LED that wouldn't dim. Mm-hmm. And we had one that was a fluorescent unit, so we adjusted all those to make them happy for the camera too. Yeah, it was a it was so. a big build. How how big were the bathrooms? I want to say well they they varied. The biggest one was probably if you can't see me. I'm reaching my arms out now to <laughs> to remember. Uh, the biggest one was probably eight feet, nine feet wide, eight feet wide. Okay. By maybe six seven feet deep, six feet deep, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, by oh eight feet tall. Okay. Seven feet tall, yeah. So the smallest one was uh, <clears throat> five feet wide, four feet wide, probably Something four like feet that, wide. Yeah. yeah, just over. No, 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 because no, the single. So yeah, about five feet wide. Yeah, was the smallest one. And yeah. they, you said they were tiled and had sinks. They're fake tiled. It was funny. So art department killed it on this one. It was really they, good. I we we talked about it ahead of time, God. like because they were just like, here's what we're gonna do for the tiles. And like, I don't know if that's gonna read right, but yeah. it totally reads right. So what they did is they created these ma- these giant decals that looked like tile, looked like brick, looked like whatever. And so the first one was you know tiled in a color <clears throat> that matched the uh, the product's palette. <laughs> And then on the in between each room, they had an exterior surface on the wall. So facing camera, it looked like brick, stone, siding, whatever. So okay. it looked like you were going between houses. 
Um, like a different one for each. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, but yeah, each bathroom, like the, the shower area or whatever was quote unquote tiled, but it was just a big sticker. Yeah. So you didn't, you don't want to, you know, we had to deal with reflections and there were, there's always issues like that. But when you light it soft, it definitely read as mm-hmm. tile. It was cool. Yeah. But you didn't have to deal with the weight of actual tile or the application or any of that stuff. It was nice. It was, it was a really smart way to do it. Our con- my concern was because when you're looking at an actual three-dimensional surface, like a tile surface, like the rounded edges pick up light differently. Mm-hmm. So I was really wondering if that would be noticeable <clears throat> in how our lights are reflecting the surface when we're actually shooting it. But we were looking at it pretty closely because we knew to look for it. And we couldn't see it. No. It, looked, it was good because w- without those rounded edges, it, it didn't detract from the model or from the uh, talent. You know, if it if it was real tile, maybe you'd have these weird specular highlights and stuff that your eye might look back there. But you know, you wanted to take light away from it, yep. so we had it like the top light skirted off, the backlight flagged off the back wall to draw. So the model, the talent, was a stop over, stop and a half over the background, which brought your attention to just her. Everything else looked fantastic, but it didn't uh, distract you. Yep. You know. Yeah, and cool. um, so the sink was, quote, a real sink. Yeah, it was just not plumbed, put in there. They have a toilet, shower. Uh, yeah, I mean some. Uh, mostly the showers were just shower curtains that were hung in different configurations. So like yeah. in the small one, it was just like straight across the back wall. One of them had a big glass wall shower. Yeah, uh, which we had to uh, work with reflections. On yeah, that those. was fun. Uh, like. One was shim, like the, shim the glass panes in certain areas so that you couldn't see the front light or the top light or yeah. One was uh, the horseshoe style where it like comes off the back wall and then hooks onto the yeah. side wall. Yeah. And then the the last room wasn't a bathroom; it was an entryway because it was her walking out yeah. into the world. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But no, yeah, they all had fixtures and it, they looked real. So that was the idea: is like nothing was functional, but it looked real. Nice. Yeah. So no, they killed it. Art Art did a great job. And um, you said you're using the Airy Alexa. The Alexa Mini. Mini. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, Amy Faust was my first AC. Um, so she she did the build and all the operation, uh, you know, the menu systems and everything. And it was great. Yeah. So that was on the Fisher, and you had the zoom lens, but you kept the um, focal length constant throughout yeah, that movement. Yeah, it was basically a variable prime lens. Um, but we, I wanted, I didn't want to have to switch lenses in between, you know, a, a medium shot and a very super tight or whatever. So just zoom in at a micro force controller on it and a motor. And I just click the lever and zoom in, mm-hmm. zoom out. There was ideas and, you know, we wanted to do, uh, instead of cutting it like between the tight of the, the product and the medium of the girl and the tight of the hair and all that stuff, we wanted to do it as one continuous zoom and dolly throughout the entire thing. But uh, I think ultimately we just ran out of time, and that was just too complex. Yeah, yeah, that would that would have been nuts. Yep. But I think I think we could have done it. I think we could have done it. <laughs> we probably could have. Yeah, but like with how the final thing comes together, though, with the cutting on it, honestly, I think I like it. It's got some that. energy with, mm-hmm. the, with the edit. Yeah, bring, I like the oneer. I, yeah. I like that we pulled off the oneer. Sure, I really do. But I like that it cuts in and out of that movement. Yeah, like it just fits really well with the rest of it. Yeah. So in addition to the the kind of base setups that we had, we did do, okay, so you had the medium, that was the general dolly across. Then we had a tight 
like uh, what they called tip tip to top, tip of the hair to the top of the skull of each girl as she applies the product and kind of looks into the lens. Um, what are you showing? The layout. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. Um, <laughs> so a tight shot of the girl, and with that, there was some augmentation to lighting. So we brought in like an underside bounce. Mm-hmm. To kind of fill in the the bottom side of her face and her eyes and everything, uh, and then with the product shots, when we went for a super tight of them setting the product on the sink. Uh, we brought in even more lighting. Uh, I think yeah, we, we, we brought did another in another side source. We brought in a couple of small bounces to help just light the product because when, yeah. especially when you're doing product work, like they really want their product to be the primary focus. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I mean nitpicking, if you're actually going to see the product land in the big wide shot, it's not going to look the same. No. Yeah. But you punch into that tight. So I wanted a big reflectant one mm. reflection on one side of the the product. And we did that with like a it's like a 4 by 8 bounce. I would say it was a 4 by 4 with a uh 4 by 4. It was a 4 by 4 with a 300 into it, which is yeah. just another small tungsten light just to help energize it and bring it in. We actually on the first one, we we knew that we were going to have to figure that out on the yeah. first one and then apply it to all of them. So we kind of did a little bit of dance on the first one. Sure. Uh, we tried just doing a passive On the pre-light day or the actual day? When we were actually shooting it because yeah. we came in, the way we shot it, we shot all the single rooms and then like we would shoot room one out and then do the product shot for room one, Yep. do the pass into room two, and then go to slide over to room two, the receive, all the work in room two, the product shot in room two pass it off to room three, and then move over to th- room three all the way down. Yep. And then we ended the day on the big one of the whole thing. Okay. Once we had that done, then we went and shot the passing of a product on the white psych. Yeah, they wanted a, a handoff on white backdrop for each room. From room one to room two, you would do a her hand with room two's hand, one, room one's hand with room two's hand, passing the product on pure white. Okay. So that they could cut that in if they wanted uh, so that was where we ended, like, was, finally. Yeah, so, like, grit, you know, you guys were breaking down. Yeah, anybody who wasn't actively lighting that scene was already tearing everything down so yeah. it could be done. Why'd you save the hardest shot for last? <laughs> the one Yeah. I mean, it's already lit, so kind of, it was almost the easiest shot. It actually did end up being the easier one to, yeah. to shoot. Everything else, there was augmentation and, you know, bringing a bounce here or I need a little more over there, you know, whatever. Everything else, the, that one was just shoot it you know okay. push fish push i stepped off the dolly mm-hmm. let my cue gear uh jeff fisher push the dolly uh so that there was no extra weight or shake or anything and your key grip is jeff schiffer uh, fisher fisher yeah, yeah. pushing the fisher dolly. Pushing fisher dolly, fisher yeah. dolly. Yeah, nice. yeah, exactly yeah so when fish, we were good old uh, fish i think the other thing also was because by that point brandon thinking about the schedule also was like by that point all the talent knows what they need to do they've already done it several times it lets them work with one, each one individually they're warmed up yep. so yeah they already like by the time he got to the end like they already knew what to do so okay, yeah. that shot actually went really smoothly yeah and for the product shots uh, you're using a, a, the actual models yeah for their hands yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so it cuts in sim- seamlessly mm-hmm. when you when you see the final uh final uh spot it's their hand. It's their nails. It's whatever jewelry they were wearing, you know. The nice thing was, too, when we did that, we lit it with fixtures that we pulled out of the first room. So, like, when we said, yeah. okay, we're moving on to that, we pulled all the quasar tubes out of the first room and used those to light. Oh, the, you're talking about the white. The white, white, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah. When we moved on to that, so we had, like, we knew what we wanted soft source-wise. So we started, we just, in the rooms we had a soft top, 
soft back and a soft front or super soft top. So we yeah. just did that just exact thing on a white side. Duplicate that. So yep. we had to move that over to a separate section of the studio where it was white in the backdrop versus a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And we had two fixtures over the top yep. coming through diffusion so that everything was nice and illuminated evenly. I had a fixture on the ground shooting a back to give an edge. Mm. And then fixture on the side. The sides were doing the white side. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the sides were doing the white side. So it was just a top and a back edge. Why didn't you set that up during the pre-light day too? Space. Space and fixtures. It, Physically it required uh, four extra fixtures. Fixtures. Okay. So. Since we already owned them from the set, we just figured we'll kill the yeah. set and then pull them down real quick. Okay. Yeah. Which they came down. I mean, it was like a 20, 20 30 minute turnaround to make that shot sure. work. So. And yeah, we had the budget. Like we could have done that and I could have had that set up and but, you know, save the production money. I mean, yeah, it's always kind of a balance between what we can do and what we have to do. Hmm. Yeah. What did you, um, for the Wonder, what did you shoot it at, T-stop-wise? Oh, it was deep. Er, deeper, like 5.6. Yeah, I think Something we... Like that. I don't, I don't want to <clears throat> shoot beauty too shallow. Yeah, I want everything to kind of be sharp and nice. And So I think it was 5.6. I want to say that's right. Like I think we did a little bit of work with ND to... To match it for exposure. We didn't adjust the lighting in between. Yeah. But we did make some adjustments on the camera, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it might have been like we lit it to a eight and a half and we shot it at a four and a half. Hmm. Something like that. So yeah. you did use ND filters on the lens? Yep. ND yeah. and then on uh, additional filtration on the lens, I used Hollywood um, <clears throat> Hollywood Blackmagic filters to create a little softness, a little halation around highlights. Uh, it looks good on skin. And then I toned that down for the product shots because I wanted those to be a little crisper, a little less soft. Yeah. Yeah. Four by four filters or six by or six? Four by 5.6. Okay. Yeah. So standard matte, matte box, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Crew wise, what'd yep. you have? I had one electrician working with me, and then I had a key grip, Jeff Fisher, and he also had a grip, Tori. So it was four people for the genie department yep. for the whole thing. And then camera was just me and Amy. Okay. Yeah. So no second AC. Oh, no, I, I'm sorry. Camera, had, we had Matt Mulcahy. Oh, right, yeah. Was yeah. he servicing as like the second and DIT, right? Not second. He, he was just DIT. He was just DIT? Yeah. So uh, I had Matt Mulcahy as my DIT, and he uh, would ingest the footage. So which was, what was good is that he could he pulled in a card. You know, we'd be in between setups. He'd come over and be like, hey, you want to look at this? And I'd walk over. We'd see what exactly things are doing. We I had him put a, a a base kind of grade LUT on it that would that traveled with the footage to the colorist, so with like my preferred kind of contrast and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't too big of a crew. No, it was. Honestly. I mean, for the size of the set too, it was a pretty small crew. But yeah, because but we, we had, had pre-light. that pre light day, like we were we were working a lot on the pre light day. On the actual shoot day, we were mostly making minor tweaks and then letting Brandon and the talent work out their things. For the pre light day, it was just. You, Alex, and then the G G E, and then I think we had one representative from set deck just to help move stuff around if we needed it. Yeah. So um, on the shoot day, no PAs. On the shoot day, no, we had PAs for sure. Um, we had two. One or I think two. we had two. Yeah, and then we had uh, hair and makeup, wardrobe, craft service. Which, because of the schedule, we had. We were doubled up on hair and makeup crew so they could do two models at once. Yeah, they can go back to back. Because while we were shooting one, we had, like, we would have the A team and the B team. 
So the A team would do the first talent, bring her into bathroom one. We'd be shooting bathroom one. The B team is prepping bathroom two. Mm-hmm. And then once we release the model from bathroom one, A team goes to bathroom three's model, starts on her while we shoot number two. And they were jumping back and forth the whole time. Leapfrogging. Yep. So you have like two people in the hair and makeup? There were two. Two, two were per? Two? I think there were two, two per team? Yeah. Uh, I think there were two in one wardrobe, I want to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one wardrobe for everybody, <clears> but then one, uh, then two hair and makeup. So they were doing both hair and makeup, I think. One person was doing both? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. One yeah. person per team then? Well, yeah, exactly. Okay. So there were two people, each of them both doing hair and makeup, and then one wardrobe. And then set construction, set deck. Yeah. What are we I'm actually, about I'm going to pull up the uh, the call sheet right now. Here's, set the, construction, here's the easiest way to do it. Right. <laughs> set construction had been working for a week beforehand to get everything built and uh, get the paper or get the decals on everything and then get the fixtures laid in and everything ready just for us to take it over. Are they building that in Midwest? Are they They were. They it? actually, Midwest is really nice because they have a full service wood shop in there too. So okay. like they can build anything. But a lot of the guys that we use, Duke and... Uh, Laura. Laura. They own a lot of that already pre-built because they do a lot of it, so they already have walls built. Um, they built the – because the the product was being passed through the wall, there's a breakaway. So there's like a one-foot or two-foot gap in the wall. Mm-hmm. So they built the, the additional little one that's out in front so mm-hmm. they could create the gap. But everything else I think they'd already built. Okay. So here's the call sheet. Pulling it up. Um, let's see. Director Brandon Ferris, DP Alexander Elkins, producer Sarah Hine. We have one PA, Crosley Brammer. Mm. First AC, Amy Faust. DIT, Matt Mulcahy. Uh, Gaffer, Brian Whitlock. Uh, electric, Dylan Algy. Key grip, Jeff Fisher. Grip, Tori Rollison. So our production design in the art department was uh, Laura Linville. Um, props. TJ Hunt, Carpenter, the guy that actually built the set, Duke Smith. Um, the guy that designed the set, Rob Gray. Oh, I didn't know he, you. Yeah, he's he's not on the call sheet, but it, I, I've heard about him forever. Yeah. And then they they brought him in. I guess uh, nobody, you know, there there were time constraints and other people were on other jobs. So Rob designed the set. I didn't know that. Yeah, and then he showed up that on the shoot day. Hmm. Um, vanity, here you go. Wardrobe, Sarah Luckett. Hair, cast break, and makeup. Uh, Tom Vinditelli. So, it looks like only one of each. Okay. Hmm. But they had two models come in at the same time. I feel like they were separated for Maybe. reasons. But, I mean, I think they were probably working together, too. Like probably. They had, that's the, the the unfortunate nature of the business is, like, you compartmentalize so much. Like, I really don't know what their plan yeah. is. <laughs> and then, most importantly, we had Pam Ford doing craft service. She, oh, she God bless us, Pam. She kept us fed She's just the and best. happy. Yeah. So, it's... It was Sarah pulling double duty, doing AD as well. Uh yes, absolutely. Yeah, so she produced, and then on on the shoot day, she was making sure we were on schedule and getting everything done. She's good at that. Mm. Yeah, she's very good at that. Cool. Yeah, but she it had was, just had a child. Yeah, I was gonna say like her baby was there the pre light day. So when we did the test shot, like I'm holding the baby out by the monitors because she was in the test shot. Yeah. And, like, there's a great picture floating around of Amy Faust, our uh, AC, holding him, and uh, he's reaching for the focus. She's like, oh, you want to pull focus on this one? <laughs> yeah, training him early. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's funny. So, no, it was really good. Cool. Yeah. Real quick, um, what was the relationship between you two on set? Like, so you're coming up with the look and you're just executing? No, it's always his... collaborative. We've had more of a collaborative relationship, too, because we've yeah. kind of come up at the same rate. 
Um, so we've both been doing just a lot of research into like how we want to light and a lot of thinking about that. So yeah. and that's why DPs and gaffers tend to fall like together. Like oftentimes sure. the DP will bring in his gaffer because they're used to communicating. So. Yeah, I never want it to be like a this. Is, it, it's it always stems from like okay, here's how I want it to look, but I will never tell Whitey like this is the fixture we are using. You are going to rent this, and I, you're just a setup guy. I, don't, I never want you to, him to be just a technician or anybody I work with. Mm-hmm. It's always a, here's generally, here's the idea, here's how I want it to look, here's the feel, the motivation, here's my initial thoughts mm-hmm. on how we might go about it. What do you think, and is there a better way? And with so, our stuff, it tends to be about half and half yeah. for like what fixtures ultimately end up in the air for what we wanted to use. I think the space lights were a given. Yeah, you had to. And we then to, uh, yeah. you wanted to use the quasars, which is awesome. I mean, they're great units. Yeah. I was the one that suggested the dimmer pack, which what yeah. I learned <laughs> since then was that uh, dimmers, are, there's different types of dimmers. So there's ones that control voltage, ones that control amperage, draw, but... We had the wrong one, basically. So sometimes when you would dim certain ones of the quasars, they would flicker. Yep. And that became a problem in some scenarios, but we found ways to work around it. But it's something to know for the next time. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's always collaborative. So mm-hmm. why why do you always, you know, he'll have ideas. And, oh, okay, oh, you want a, a big, soft, whatever. Maybe What if we did this instead of that because of X? Mm-hmm. There's always a reason behind why. So and in that sense, it's best best idea wins. And not in a competitive sense, just in a practical, like, that makes the most sense. So when we're like, oh, we want to fake daylight out the end door, it's like, oh, what we do we do? We could, we could do a, you know, a sky panel through a whatever, but I think the idea that ended up winning was a 5K. It was a 5K a with a softbox on it because yeah. we were just like, and when we're in this studio space, like, the sky panel will do the yeah. job for sure. But it's more expensive. It's more expensive. We're, like, we the power box for it is ten, it's 10 feet away from where it is. Like, because yeah. everything's here, we're at Midwest. It's cheaper to get a 5K and a softbox. And, sure. Um, and yeah. frankly, we just had the space to do it. We so. got 5K, like mole, tungsten. Yeah, it was just yeah. a boring old 5K for now through a softbox, and Which it looked are great. cheap. Nobody wants them nowadays, so you get them for a steal. They're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they look great. Like, the color rendition is so it's good. The, it's the full spectrum color thing. Like, you don't really notice yeah. it until you start messing around with color in post. There's and no like, spikes. There's, there's no, no yeah. spikes. It's a really nice even color curve across the board. It's really nice. And on that note, okay, so have you seen Ex Machina from a nope. few years back? Okay. Sci-fi film. Uh, the DP used only, even in daylight situations, used only tungsten light. And I think he does to this day. He uses only tungsten light because it's full spectrum. There's no spikes. There's no weirdness. Mm-hmm. You have to correct it for daylight. Yep. Like you have to put full CTB to do that and you lose some stop and it takes a lot of power and guys and blah, but it's gorgeous. Yep. Absolutely beautiful. So I told Whitey, I was like, I would yeah. love to do that one day. I would love to do it. Yeah. On a technical side, tungsten just never goes wrong. Cause oh. there's, there's a like, you can't use it in rain and you can't, there's you like know. a thousand things that could go wrong with an HMI or an led, but there's only a handful of things that could possibly go wrong with a tungsten unit. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's a it's a workhorse. It's reliable, but of course it requires more copper, which is heavy. Yeah. So it just takes a lot more power. It takes but more if power. If you have the generator space and you have you know the manpower and the correcting abilities and the stop, it's the the way to go. It's there's some really nice big outdoor stuff that we've done with just tungsten lights, uh, street lights. So we shoot them through frames of full CTO or high sodium to give them a nice orange look. Yeah, and then we did uh, a bunch of stuff on the last movie I was on, 
out in a field with a bunch of which movie? Uh, Donnie Brook. Donnie Brook. Yep. And uh, there were a lot of fire <clears throat> gags, so we had a lot of flickering. Yeah. Tungsten lights. It looked really good. So, yeah. So on movies, <clears throat> Whitey and I both do feature films and I operate and he, uh, tend to be a, an electrician. Electrician. On the... Yeah. Either best. I was uh, the best electric on Donnie Brook. Exactly. Yeah. So, so but, uh, we're all, always working our way up, but yeah, no, no, in, in terms to return to your question, it's always a collaborative thing. Like okay. we both draw from other thing, other, uh, experiences and kind of come together to it always starts with the motivation, but the technical side is always very collaborative. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good spot. I think it, it turned out really nice. I think nice. it turned out really nice. And like, it's, I'm really glad that we made the Wonder work because when we, when we talked about it initially, we weren't sure that we could pull it off, but we found a way to make that work. And like, mm-hmm. and it does come down to the, some of the technical stuff too. Like we wired the set in such a way because, because the same girl is in the first one and the set and the last one. So we knew that she had to bolt behind camera to get over there. So we wired everything in such a way that she has a clear running path. Yeah. So she can get around and get she into the last one. She had to make it there, grab her purse and be able to shove a bottle into her purse before in like 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a pretty good shot of her uh, yeah. of the set from my perspective, and her just blasting past me as oh, she goes. Good. It's great. It's good. And this is all Brandon's like crazy wacko mind. Like it never started like that. He just when he called me up one day and was like, "Hey, what if we do it all as one shot? Can we do that? Is that possible?" Like, yeah, we can lay like forty feet of track, and you know, I don't know about the inserts and about the hair and about, but it, it worked out. Yeah, it's great. He's a mad genius. it's fun working in that kind of environment too like a couple of the projects we've done with brandon have had like high concept stuff that's like it sometimes is a challenge to pull it off but it ultimately pays off in the end it's really nice going back to like the uc thing it's like oh i want to dolly up the stadium steps which ended up being actually a pretty simple thing in the end yeah like but yeah it was like this (laughs) we hear you want to dolly up but we famously say you know what the most dangerous thing to hear in production is is, you know it'd be awesome you know what it'd be awesome (laughs) Yeah, sure. That's either really expensive or really dangerous or both. Or, yeah, or both. <laughs> anyway. Usually at the last minute, too. Exactly. Yeah, it's always yeah. at the last minute. Yeah. Nobody ever plans those kinds of things out But that's the, weeks ahead the of time. fun part of our industry is that you're handed this creative idea full of innumerable challenges, and you have to figure out how to solve them. It's like a giant Rubik's Cube, mm. and I don't even know how to do a Rubik's Cube, so <laughs> it's good. I always like though, uh, just personally, I enjoy the challenge of like you you have set num- you have an, a, a goal to accomplish and you have a set amount of gear to pull it off. Like, what can you sure. possibly do in that scenario? I love working with constraints. Mm-hmm. I was say, yeah. the scariest thing or the most the most difficult thing is not having constraints. Mm-hmm. When you're given an, oh, an open field, I tend to to construct myself a box. Because otherwise, it's like, oh, God, the sky's the limit. This sucks. I was lucky enough to do a couple really big movies a while back, and one of them was uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. And all I can think about any time we're building a budget for something, like even for the John Frieda thing, I'm just like, man, I blew – like we blew this entire budget for this entire thing, not just my department, everything on one rig that they never turned on. I remember you talking (laughs) about that. Like that's – like eighty thousand dollar light. That was just yeah. our bill. Never mind the people putting it on the roof of the crane, and then everybody else that yeah, had to be there. Or like, art, or camera, or whatever. Then you realize Scarlett Johansson's time is far more valuable than ours. Sure, but yeah, it's like God. One day, one day, oh, man, working without constraints is gonna be awesome. 
well, we'll give ourselves constraints, like I was saying. <laughs> we have to. You have to. There's got to be a creative reason why you do something. It's really. You can't just be like, oh, because I can. I'm going to strap this thing to a crane and strap the crane to a drone and strap the drone to a, you know, like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> it's fun, though. Like, that's, and with the John Frieda one, it was, the challenge was that because of the nature of beauty products, you want everything to be kind of leveled out in terms of color and softness and making everything look very pretty. So how do we pull that off and then still have this rather complicated set that we built, like, that we want to control everything down into? And that's where the idea for the boxes came from for that was that we were like, what if we bolted everything onto it so when we make the adjustment, it carries with it and we're not chasing it with five stands and ten points of rigging. Yeah. Brandon had an idea. Of, he was like, why can't you just do one lighting setup <laughs> and, like, put the lighting setup on the dolly so that, like, when you dolly, it lights the thing. And I'm like, well, then you look have like a flashlight. changing, yeah, changing <laughs> shadow. Not to badmouth Brandon. Brandon can't defend himself no, here. No. But – there's there's a reason why. Yeah. It's like it, as the It'd be fine light, if you're just using the dolly to move set the set. Sure. But if but if, if the you're light moving while you're shooting. And you want to shoot the yeah. movement, yeah, the light changes and the shadows change and it looks odd. Honestly, yeah. that's the collaborative nature of the business. Like I can't do what I wouldn't even know where to begin thinking up this kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's like that that collaborative nature of the art of the art form is really impre- like I really enjoy that. Exactly. So. Yeah, it's a team it's a team game, team mm-hmm. sport. So cool. So since we don't know when this episode's going to drop, um, I don't think it's appropriate to talk about like what we're excited about, what we're working on, yeah, um, what we're watching. But um, Whitey, what what's your like go to movie or your favorite movie? Oh man, that's that's a challenge. Um, the Room, Troll Two. No, oh, I, you know I've never seen The Room. I've seen the Honest trailer for The Room. I haven't seen The Room either. I feel like I've seen The Room because of that. You're a superhero guy, though. I, I do love my superhero movies. You're uh, like me. Yeah. I think that's why we why we jive. We do. Um, By the way, Brad Gollowin just walked in. He's sitting back there with his Ohio State ball cap on. Yeah. Which Lur- you've heard lurking. several episodes ago. <laughs> lurking. Anyway. We, uh, most, I'm, I'm honestly really interested, like, from a business side, I'm really interested in what Netflix is currently doing. Like, we're recording this shortly after the Super Bowl when they just suddenly said, hey, we're dropping a Paramount movie in two hours. And that's oh, a Cloverfield? Yeah, that's a game changer. Whether or not you like that movie, that's an interesting prospect of, like, maybe things will change in that regard. It's it's opening up a lot of possibilities. Uh, but, yeah, like, a lot of the Netflix I'm, – I'm a big fan of the long-format story. So, like, uh, Breaking Bad, the – Altered Carbon just came out. I'm kind of digging that right now. You're um, a show guy. I'm a big, I'm a long format show guy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I really dig it. But th- I think cool. that stems from other motivations in your life. Like you like long video games. You I like do. long. Yeah, exactly. My favorite books come in pairs of eight. <laughs> so it's <laughs> pairs of eight. Pairs of eight. Yeah, it's Sets of eight. Encyclopedia. Yeah. Like it's. I don't know. I like that world building and sure. long. And fantasy. Would it, would it fair to say fantasy sci-fi kind of fantasy stuff? Fantasy sci-fi a lot. Yeah. We were joking around that Cloverfield Paradox is, has my name written all over it. It's space sci-fi drama. I'm like, totally. Okay. Totally. It's a toned down, um, what did I call it? Event Horizon. It's a toned down Event Horizon. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anyway. But yeah, it's, uh, aside from that, my kid's really into, uh, a lot of the animated stuff so like we're excited about the upcoming Pixar stuff and DreamWorks has some stuff in the works cool yeah cool yeah. anything else from 
No, man. Just lots of good stuff in the works. Uh, as as that develops, I'm sure Whitey, Whitey will be back to <laughs> help me break down the technical side of things. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Good thanks. having you on, man. Oh, thanks. All right, guys. Cheers. Cheers. This podcast is produced by Frank Steele and recorded live at Gwyn Sound Studio. Find out more at GwynSound.com.